Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. In today's episode, we are in the Fortress of Solitude, talking about solitude. Uh, So with me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. And I I guess this kind of feeds into our last episode a little bit about uh, travel. Some people prefer to travel alone and some people prefer to travel with other people. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I personally think it's it's an important part of the creative process. So, um, yeah, I just had a few thoughts about that and we can um, explore the idea. I love that uh, fortress of solitude thing. that (laughs) Yes, we're we're in the fortress of solitude instead of the messy studio today. (laughs) So... um, in a way, it seems like a kind of a no-brainer. Yes, artists need alone time, which is where they're typically working in their studio. Um, and I think I think most artists can relate to that. They don't want other people in the studio while they're working. They don't want interruptions, et cetera, et cetera. But I think I I just am thinking now of many artists I know who really have to kind of find solitude in the studio and in other ways. And there are people that have busy lives, families, and they're trying to fit art, their art practice in where they can around the edges. And I think for them, sometimes it's harder to find, you know, they may be able to do, to say, this is my working time in the studio, but harder to find other situations where they can just be alone. And I think just being alone to think, read, draw, whatever, I believe is part of the whole creative kind of mindset. So uh, do you have suggestions as to how people can find that alone space or? I mean, I I guess the bottom line is, you know, claim it, (laughs) demand it, whatever. Uh, Typically, the the situation is that you may be disappointing another person in the process. And, you know, you can do this in a nice way, but to say, uh, rather than us doing something together, I would like to do it alone. Well, I think that maybe you need to make it clear to people that this is work time for you, even if it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that it's, it's, uh, it's, it's something that you can, separate from other aspects of your life if if you make it clear that it is about your creative process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the reason does reasons why I think it is part of the creative process outside the studio or sometimes this happens in the studio as well. I mean, I I often spend time maybe I just have you know, 15 or 20 minutes before I have to go and do something. And I might just go and sit in the studio and, you know, look at my sketchbook or make some notes or something, or just sit <laughs> and and just look at things. And that that's part of it too. But um, I think the idea that you, you need this other bit of solitude comes down to, it's an inner process of, well, a processing of observing and daydreaming, if you will, walking alone and um, going places alone. Because to me, what happens when you do that is a different experience entirely. It seems like a kind of a, a spiritual process, yeah, um, a meditative process. I, I think that I think that's definitely true. And so, again, in that sense, I think we can easily see how it 
contributes to deeper art, um, deeper thought about your work. When when I um I, I think about this in Ireland because I I walk a lot there. I don't you know typically have a car. I never have a car because <laughs> I don't like driving there. And so if I want to get out and see stuff, I walk for the most part, unless somebody gives me a ride. But what I notice when I'm walking is such a different world than when you're in a car. And it's a very present kind of feeling. And I feel it around here when I walk too, really looking at things and just observing. And you see the details, you see the small things that you never catch uh, when you just have a destination in mind and you're heading somewhere in a car. And it has become kind of a meditative practice to walk there. So it, it sounds like your solitude is kind of like an inner travel that, you know, you're doing as well as kind of an outer travel in Ireland. You're looking at things, but you're also traveling into yourself. Right. And and I think a lot of times, you, you well, it, it's a very open-ended kind of journey. You don't know where it's going and you don't necessarily know even in the moment what what you're taking from it. Uh, sometimes you only know later what what you learned or what you saw. And it also seems to kind of go along with uh, like a personality type. You know, we talk about the, is it like the, the Jungian personality archetypes, like INFP or whatever? There's or? lots of ways to look at it. The typical introvert, extrovert. Yeah. In a very simple way. Of course, we all have aspects of other types of personalities in us, but the simple explanation for the introvert-extrovert thing is that extroverts gain energy from being around people and introverts kind of drain out. And if you are that sort of person, if you don't have any alone time to build build back up, you know, you feel it. You really feel it. I um I was on a, a road trip last week and, you know, it was great, but I was around people all the time. And there was a, there was a moment when I just thought, I just need to be alone. And I went off in the woods by myself and it, it just, I just like felt centered again. And I also did some, some drawing and things while I was out in the woods. And it's that whole centering activity of being just alone, maybe with your work, maybe without. So I think, I think the idea of incubation is interesting, and that is, we talk about the creative process, is just what, what does it take to, to engage with your work, like all the different aspects of it. And there is one called incubation, which I find so interesting, and that is that there are things going on uh, kind of under the surface, and you may not be consciously aware of them, but they, they come out after a while. <laughs> and I think that the alone time kind of feeds that incubation because you're gathering and you're processing things. You have no distractions from other people. I mean, typically, if you're with another person, you're, you are attentive to them. You, maybe you're talking or you're at least aware of, you know, are they, are they enjoying this walk? Are they keeping up? What's going on? And maybe they're talking about something or you both are that is, puts you outside of that place. And that, so when you're alone, there's a particular type of presence, I think, that you're, you're not distracted. You're fully present where you are. And you're able to pick up on on more details like you were talking about with your walk or yeah. uh, are there other activities that you prefer to do alone or Um I kind of like a good 
car trip sometimes mm-hmm. by myself. And sometimes people have said to me, um, why, why would you drive all the way to wherever? You know, like I used to teach in, or I have taught many times in North Carolina. And for a few years, I always drove down there and it's a two day drive. Mm-hmm. And I would often have people kind of raising their eyebrows and say, why wouldn't you just take a plane? <laughs> yeah. I, I've driven between here and, and New Mexico on my own before. And yeah. um, I actually quite enjoy going on long haul car trips on my own. You know, yeah. I can have my music or my books on tape or my podcasts or whatever I'm listening to. Right. And, and sometimes just the silence is really sure. great too. I, if I you used... see something at the side of the road, you, you can just, hey, I'm going to go check that out. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's a delightful thing. You don't have to consult with anybody or have anybody say, yeah, but that's going to, you know, delay us by 15 minutes or something. Like, you are in charge of this. And um, I, I often find when I leave on a car trip by myself that the first hour or two or even three, I don't prefer any distractions. I just like to be driving by myself. Yeah, and eventually you get bored and you're like, right. you know, <laughs> kind of want a cup of coffee or, you your know, eyelids. that looks interesting. I'm going to stop and take a look at that. Right, or, or your eyelids start to droop and you need something. Uh, yeah, so I, it's usually a mix of wanting that just quiet time. But there is, I, I've talked to other people who feel the same way too, just that being alone in the car, moving through the landscape. And, you know, I, I'm kind of ruling out like, ugly city traffic or something. Yeah. Usually for me, it's more the open highway. Well, and for me, like I, I enjoy being alone, but I, I don't feel like drained by being around other people, you uh, know? So I, I'm not sure where I fit into the introvert extrovert thing. I, I really enjoy interacting with other people, but I also enjoy being alone. But you no, know, we do, we do have these, these both these parts to us. And, and even if you say you're introverted, it doesn't mean uh, you're not social. It doesn't mean you can't, you don't enjoy a party or being around people. But usually when I'm um, in a situation where there are a number of people, there will be a moment when I just, like the bottom falls out. I'm just like, I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, I, I just can't extend myself any further. Yeah. And I also think that there's a difference between like a party or a large group of people and just being with like a few people, well, being with two or three true. close friends or family members. Yeah. 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 And and sometimes being with just one other person that, you know, that you are really in, in sync with is close to being alone because you, you kind of get each other to the point that you're not always talking or whatever, you know. Well, and I think in the creative process, it's sometimes f- helpful to have outside input, you know, but you don't, it, it's, it's not like you want to show your work to a whole group of people, you mm-hmm. know, but having those two or three people who you can count on for, for real honest feedback on your work yeah. um, is, is extremely helpful. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, obviously you don't want them there all the time, but. Right. And I think, I think probably the majority of artists do do like solitude, but also realize there are times when you need to reach out to other people and you need to invite other people into your world. And, you know, I think most people are fine with that. Um, But it is not necessarily something that everyone really thinks of as doing. And I, we started out by talking about people with busy lives and, you know, maybe they're working a day job and, and okay, I've got, you know, two hours for my artwork tonight. But is there any other time 
during that week that you're just by yourself. Sure. And that way you can kind of, you can have those solo experiences without detracting from other parts of your life because there's only so many hours in a day. And if you're working for eight hours a day and then you've got family or friends that require your attention, you know, kids, um, and then you, you need to focus on your artwork you know, when do you have time for just a, a quiet minute of contemplation? Yeah, and it, it can be really hard to shift gears into that work time if you haven't kind of kept in touch with yourself throughout the day and, and you're, what you're thinking about. Because I know a lot of people have kind of a, a part of their brain that is reserved for their art thoughts. You know, I think it's like you're never that far away from it. And if you can keep something going that will nurture that throughout the working day or whenever you're really busy, that is that is a hard, that's more like a conscious thing, I think, to, to give yourself that space. Maybe it's an hour before you go to bed. Maybe it's um, eating lunch by yourself at work instead of with your friends, something, you know, but um, it's like shining a little light on that and saying, or, am I really doing that? You know, Or your commute. You know, a lot of people, like I personally have about a half hour commute to get to work. Yeah. So I have a half hour on either side of, of that eight hour shift or longer uh, when I can kind of have a minute and think about my day, think about my goals and the things that I'm working on creatively. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it's interesting I mentioned, uh, you know, maybe lunch by yourself or whatever. One of the challenges that... I've found when I travel alone, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute, is going to restaurants by myself and not just a um, whatever takeout or quick thing. Yeah, it's so weird to be eating in public by yourself. (laughs) It is. I mean, in a nicer place where you have a waiter come to the table and all that. Uh, I did this uh, recently in the... I was met at the door, you know, and they said, oh, t- I said, table for one. Oh, just one. Yes, just one. And then uh, when I got to the table, the other person came around to take my order and, and she said, are you waiting for someone? <laughs> like, how many times do I have to say this? It's just me today. <laughs> so do you bring like something to read or? Um, That time, which was one, I, I just thought, I am not going to get out my phone. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit here and and just look around, watch people. I was near a window. I could see out the window and it ended up being really relaxing and fun. And and I it kind of broke open a a barrier for me, I think, because generally I would have something to read or look at my phone or something, which is always a fallback, but you know, uh I think it was a much more meaningful time to just be by myself and enjoy a nice meal and it's one that stands out in my mind so do you have any other kind of solo traveling experiences that you'd like to talk about yeah um so i i can't say i've done i have done major trips alone uh, intentionally kind of thing you know like um but there are aspects or times during a trip when i might be alone um we talked uh, in the last podcast about artist residencies. And so getting to some of those residencies would involve overseas travel by myself and maybe staying in a city for a couple of days by myself. And one that stands out was uh, I've been to Barcelona a number of times back and forth to Spain. And it's an amazing city to be alone in and just wander. There's some you know, like every city has its wonderful things, but I have really fond memories of of the old city and um, the Gaudi buildings. And 
really just feeling so present and so involved and interested in everything around me. And so that one kind of stands out. Also, I normally spend a day or two in Dublin by myself when I go back and forth to Ireland. And I've gotten very comfortable there and uh, kind of know where I want to go and what I want to see and enjoy that a lot. Um, and we talked about the car trips. That's that's another big one, which usually sort of thrust upon me for some reason. But um, it is kind of kind of an interesting idea, kind of planted in my mind, just talking here now of maybe planning something all by myself that uh, would involve, you know, a couple of overnights or I mean, just around here. Another thing I have done alone, which is very nurturing, and people who you might look into something like this if there's anything near you, but we live near a place called the Christine Center and it's an, it's a retreat center. It's ecumenical and an amazing place. You can just go, you can just get a little cabin in the woods and you can stay however long you want and eat their amazing food. And they actually have people, if you want to just be silent when you eat, you can wear a little thing that says, I'm silent. <laughs> and I have done that more than once and just for a night or two and found it really rejuvenating, really wonderful. And I know these places exist all over. They're usually run by um, maybe uh, nuns or priests, uh, but they, they welcome everyone. So what about like the actual travel experience of going through like an airport and flying all on your own? Yeah. Um, well, I, I guess I've done it enough times that it doesn't particularly bother me, but it can be pretty challenging <laughs> because I do notice and, and I notice the good part of being with someone during those times because you know you're in an airport where's the gate um, yeah it's just logistically it's a lot easier yeah, to be able to kind of split up no tasks two brains are yeah how, where where can we find the train you know all right, where's stuff. the bar right <laughs> there's usually plenty of those at airports but <laughs> it's like uh yeah you're you're on a mission you you can coordinate and figure things out together and but that said um doing it alone is i'd say i probably people watch more and i I just, there's a feeling of, I get this kind of weird feeling of calm sometimes, even if I'm in the middle of it all, because in a way, you're just being herded around like cattle, right? Like, stand in that line and go to that gate. And in a way, all your decisions are lined up for you. And once you kind of figure out what they are. And so you just kind of shuffle around. And I usually enter this kind of placid zone. So... <laughs> I don't mind it, actually. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I guess some people actually prefer to travel alone. And, and when they go to these artist residencies or go on a trip, they would rather travel alone. Um, yeah. And one one more thing I would mention about a delightful solo experience that I always enjoy is going to a museum by myself. doesn't even matter what kind. They usually are art museums. But when you're in a museum with another person... You kind of got to keep it moving. Yeah, or the, you talk about things and all that. That's fine. Um, I mean, an alternative if you don't actually uh, go place room to room with someone is you, at the end, when you go in, you say, let's meet up in an hour or something. And it is such a different experience because you're you're honing in on what you want to look at. And it might be completely different than what the other person is Oh, absolutely. Is doing. <laughs> so it's a, 
I almost don't like going to museums with other people. Yeah, I agree. Actually, museums are one of those things that I think it's it's kind of better to do it on your on your own. Um, it kind of seems like when you're there with somebody else or with a group, there's either like kind of a set pace, like we're going to spend right. this amount of time in this exhibit or whatever, or, you know, somebody else wants to go look at something else and you're kind of being pulled in two different directions yeah. and then you're not spending as much time as you would like looking at the things that you want to look at and you're spending all this time being bored and this other exhibit that you don't yeah. care about. And, and I think the other way to do it if you are with someone is to be a bit passive about it yourself and say, what is this other person going to be attracted to that you know oh sure you might learn something it reminds me of a time you probably don't remember this but i took you guys to the milwaukee museum when you were little little um not the art museum but there's a different one well i'm sure when you're there with kids it's all about the kids and what they're well, looking at and people, what they're into a lot of people drag their kids around right i mean but i i just decided when we went in I'm going to follow your lead mm -hmm. and I'm not going to say it's time to move on. And it was actually really interesting because you guys were standing in front of this case full of masks from Africa or something. And you were just so like completely captivated for a very long time. And it, it really was interesting to me because it made me stop and look at something and in a different way. So I guess that's an alternative. It's just a uh, going with the flow. <laughs> Yeah, I think going with the flow is probably a good, a pretty good mindset to have most of the time. <laughs> True enough, especially with travel. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, just just I just wanted to talk about this topic because, like I said at the beginning, it's a bit of a no brainer. Like, of course, we need to be alone, and yet sometimes we can enhance our own awareness of it and actually do it more consciously. Do you have any any more like specific memories of things that happened to you? Good or bad while you were traveling alone? Um, lots of both. Not not lots of bad things, really. I mean, a few things. Um, nothing. Well, I share share one with us because those are always fun okay. and interesting for people that it didn't okay. happen to. Can I, I can tell my story about how to get from Barcelona up to the pyramids for Pyrenees for free. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay, so I was in Barcelona for this artist residency, and I had to get a bus up to the Pyrenees Mountains, four hours from Barcelona. I didn't speak uh, Spanish or Catalan, and I didn't know that I was going to um, need a lot of extra time for that very reason. So I get to the bus station, and I couldn't find the bus at all. I couldn't figure out where to buy a ticket. I couldn't find anyone to speak English. And I was I was pretty, like, starting to get freaked out. And finally, I got somebody, I got somebody who more or less understood that I wanted this particular bus, pointed the way. I didn't have a ticket, which I should have already bought. I ran to the bus. It's about to depart. And I, I, the guy is looking at me like, where's your ticket? And I like trying to tell him I don't have a ticket. And somebody was walking by who spoke English, intervened, said she, she didn't have time to get one. She couldn't figure it out. And finally, and I was starting to cry at this point. So here's, here's the hysterical American standing by the bus moments from its departure with no ticket. And the bus driver very kindly just, well, he acted mad, but he was kind. He said, just get on the bus. And so I got on the bus. Everyone's staring at me. And um, I rode that bus for free to where I was going. <laughs> Even though I tried to pay when I got there, they didn't want to have to deal with me. So. 
<laughs> so then afterwards at the residency, everybody, there was a kind of an ongoing joke about if you want to know how to get a free bus ride, just ask Rebecca. So, <laughs> but many, many wonderful experiences. And, and I think what I was saying about noticing things and like walking on the beach in Ireland and looking at every stone and, oh, you know, it's just. And you, it, you meet it, it, people when you're traveling and. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you have just lovely experiences just meeting sometimes. people who yeah. are complete strangers. And yeah, it's true. Um, I'm I'm usually not the person to strike up conversations, but sometimes people do with me, and sometimes I do. Sort of depends. Um, but just I think the most powerful visual memories come from when I was by myself. And that's what feeds my work. So this is kind of how it all ties into my own creative process. Is, is having those strong memories. Well, do you have any final thoughts or? Um, only just, um, I guess, think about your own creative process and how does solitude fit into it? And are you getting enough of it? And figure out ways to, to make that time. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it you can, can be as valuable as actually putting the paint down. So. All right. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your own creative space, messy or otherwise. Otherwise.